Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Green and Growing right here on WSB. You know, we are going to keep you abreast of the latest weather information throughout the entire show this morning, 6 to 9 o'clock with WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards, because I know you are just fretting about what this winter storm may turn out to be. And uh, I am staying in downtown Atlanta Sunday night and a Monday morning so that I'm guaranteed to be able to get to work and deliver you some uh, traffic information. It will probably be much needed on Monday, though it is a federal holiday with it being Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So traffic should be lighter than normal, but we know as things go in the city of Atlanta, it's always unpredictable. The downtown connector was shut down yesterday morning, unfortunately. Uh, due to a fatal crash for almost four hours. So you just never know. But that's why you are tuned in right here to 95.5 WSB. I want to know how many of you were able to get your picture taken with the National Championship Trophy at the Walmart locations in Athens these last couple of days. The world's changed just a little bit since we last spoke seven days ago because we have a new national title here in the state of Georgia. Congratulations to my Georgia Bulldogs. A very well, hard-fought game against Alabama last Monday. I was able to stay up and watch every second of that game. And if you're Tech fans, if you're Auburn fans, if you're South Carolina fans, even Florida Gator fans, those of you who are up here and cheer for the Gators for some reason, you got to be happy for us. I mean, it's been a long time. So, Uh, We've got our moment in the sun. We have the next year to gloat over this national championship. Congratulations to Bulldog Nation for being so high on this win. It's amazing. And I got to say, like, I understand football a lot better now than I did when I was a student at Georgia. I remember going to games, just kind of not really knowing, you know, following what I was watching. Um, But this, this last one, we had the pick six in the last, you know, minute of the game. And we were up. I mean, 33-18 to at that point, which ended up being the final score. There was no way in 49 seconds Alabama could come back. There was no way. Like, mathematically, it just wasn't possible Um, in 49 seconds. So my husband starts hugging me, trying to high-five me. You guys won. And I was like, no, I can't. No, I can't celebrate yet. There's 49 seconds left in the game. And he's like, well, come on. It's it's over. This is it. It's over. And I said, no, it's not over till it's over. I'm a Georgia fan, like of all Georgia teams, so I kind of know how these things go. Weird things happen. But I wanted to savor every last second of those 49 seconds left in the game. So I was just fully focused. Nothing distracted me. And it was, it was, it's going to be a great memory for sure. All right. To gardening we go. 404-872-0750 if you want to uh, join the show this morning. You're always welcome to do so. And uh, for those of you who maybe don't have garden questions, I have a question for you. Have you made a New Year's resolution pertaining to gardening? Um, Something that you resolve to do differently in 2022, whether it's something that you really just screwed up last year and you're going to give it another go, or you resolve to try something new. Maybe you're doing, you know, raised beds for the first time. Maybe you're planting some new trees and you're wondering how you're going to take care of those because they will likely outlive us depending on what variety they are. Anything that you resolve to do differently garden-wise or in the landscape in 2022, give us a call and let me know what it is because I'm curious to see how we're going to make the world a little bit more of a beautiful place this year over last year. 404 872 And yes, so we're fretting over the winter weather. Um, it's going to get cold. It's going to be icy, maybe a little snowy. We'll see. We'll see what the weekend brings. But 
That made me think to reach out to our friend Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, um, because sometimes the things we do in the landscape defy rationale and they defy logic. And I know a lot of you think logically sometimes when it comes to planting and cold weather and just the why, why we do things the way we do them. And so when I was learning from Walter over the eight years that I worked the Lawn and Garden Show with him, I always remembered his advice better when I understood the why. So that helped me, you know, not just memorize this is why you do this just because he was able to further define scientifically, you know, why it works. So I had two questions for him and I wanted to pose those to him and share his answers with you. One was, why are we told to water plants before a freeze? What does that do? Because that does kind of defy what you would think to be common sense. If I'm putting water in my planters before a freeze, is it going to freeze the soil up? Is it going to make the roots really cold? Why do that? And then also, uh, understandably, you think that you can't or maybe you shouldn't plant right now because it's cold. You think, why do I want to put a new vulnerable tree or shrub in the ground when it's really cold? So I asked him, what's the best method to plant trees successfully now? Do we have to do anything different to break up the, quote, frozen soil? Do we have to cover with anything after planting to protect the roots? Because I did have a Melissa message me on Facebook, and she said, you know, she's got these burlapped trees, and she's like, ah, it's probably a little too cold to plant them right now. You know, should I wait? What should I do with them? Um, do you think they'll be fine if I just go ahead and plant him in the ground outside? So I had a good answer for Melissa. I said, you know, what I've been saying for months, uh, fall into winter is the perfect time to plant them. And just some, you know, general advice for successfully planting a tree, make sure the hole is wider than it is deep and you just spread those roots out side to side. Backfill the hole with the same dirt that you dug out. Don't introduce a whole lot of soil amendment because you're going to make that hole so nice and cozy. But then once the roots get outside of it, back into the red clay, it's going to be a little shocking. So use the same dirt you dug up, but make sure it's broken up really well. And also keep it watered throughout the cold months. And lastly, a good two to three inch layer of mulch around the tree. Not all the way up to the trunk, not up, you know, piled hugging the trunk, but all around the root zone is going to be perfect and Melissa's good to go. So we'll start with that question. You know, understandably, people think that they can't or shouldn't plant right now because it's cold. And if the soil's cold, how is that going to do a new vulnerable plant any good? So Walter says, it has to be really cold, Ashley, like the teens and the low 20s for several days in a row before the soil even freezes. So the cold this weekend is not going to be enough to cause the soil to freeze. Thank goodness we don't live in a place like Montana or Illinois, or something where it does get really cold, Michigan. Uh, Walter says, I've become a big proponent of looking at the tree's root system before planting it. If the tree's growing in a pot, it is certain that the roots will be circling inside the pot. So they should be growing straight out from the trunk. And if you're planting a tree from a pot, pull it out before planting, knock the soil off the roots, and straighten them in the hole, then put the soil back on top to hold them in place. That is so important. And I was planting uh, pansies a couple days ago, right at, I don't know, five o'clock in the evening. I just got motivated, got out there, put some pansies in the ground. Same thing. They were a little root bound um, in the pots. They were a little root bound. So I just broke up the soil, you know, pulled them a little bit, broke up the soil before I put them in the pots. And same thing goes with trees. Walter says, and, and this is kind of what I just told Melissa, the planting hole should be no deeper than the root ball. And if you plant on soft soil, the tree is going to sink and it's going to be planted too deeply. 
Knocking the soil off of the roots allows you to identify the first big root on the trunk. And when planted, this root should be no more than an inch deeper than the surrounding soil. And yep, he says mulch after planting, that's always a good idea. But it is there to prevent weeds and to keep the soil moist, not to keep the soil warm. So that's really good advice. Now going to my second question for Walter, uh, why, why water plants before a freeze? So I planted pansies two days ago. And I didn't water them. Some some of the soil, you know, from the the flats felt a little wet, but I watered them yesterday in anticipation of the cold weather this weekend. So why water plants before a freeze? Walter says, because most plants wilt, and some a lot, some just a little, before a freeze, and that's how they protect themselves from the cold damage. So it's important that the roots have water around them after the freeze to send it back into the dried leaves. So pansies, I asked him about those, that they're famous for wilting during a freeze. The leaves will look awful in the morning after temperatures have been lower than 32 degrees, but given a bit of sun and water around the roots, the plants will recover by noon. And watering also helps the soil stay warmer. So see, that kind of seems counterintuitive to me, maybe to you all too. Watering also helps Keep the, uh, keeps the soil warmer. A dense material like the soil can store and release heat better than loose, dry soil. This is why Walter Reeves is the man. This is why he is the Georgia gardener. I think that's great explanations for some of the things you've wondered, some of the things you, well, why, why do it that way? You know, cold weather, we're kind of panicking, thinking a lot of uh, plants can't handle it. And pansies, I mean, I keep bringing those up as an example because my vinca finally froze. My, my vinca lasted so long in these planters they were still blooming at Christmas time, you know, those couple of days that it was in the 70s. And uh, it was finally time to pull those out. Those finally had it. They lasted for months. So I got the pansies. And, you know, again, I've, I've had some of you ask me, oh, is it too late? You know, I know you think about fall planting and pumpkins and all of that. And then the pansies are out in the nurseries. But, yeah, no, it's not too late because the pansies, they can totally tolerate the cold weather. Even primrose. Uh, I was at Pike Nursery the other day picking up the pansies. And they had primrose, too, and I'd forgotten about those. I think every year I'm reminded again of primrose. Them and pansies, they, they can survive like snow on them. Um, they, they don't mind the cold weather at all. So those are two really good, colorful options if you're still needing to freshen up those beds. All right, 404-872-0750. When we come back, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, and you're probably thinking, uh-uh. I ain't getting outside. You don't have to do it this weekend. You, you've got a week or so, but I'll be back with that info right here. Good morning. I'm glad you're listening to 95.5 WSB. I'm WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards. Staying dry through the first half of Saturday afternoon. The rain showers arrive Saturday evening. But what you need to know about the wintry weather setup for Sunday coming up. What a tease, Christina. What a tease. Yeah, you got to keep it locked in right here to 95.5 WSB. We will continue to update the winter weather this weekend. Throughout the show, I'm here until 9 o'clock, and then I'm pretty sure Dave Baker is going to come shove me out at like 8.58 to make room for the Home Fix-It show. 404-872-0750, and that weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So, yeah, it's cold, but it's going to warm back up maybe, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday. So I think you have a chance to do this. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So number one, now's a good time to maybe check your automatic irrigation system. Just like with your tools, you rely on your irrigation system too much to leave it to chance. So weather permitting, run each zone in your automatic irrigation system. Look for signs of leaks, maybe pipe breaks, and damaged irrigation heads. And I talked to Walter Reeves about that as well a couple of days ago. 
And uh, he put up an article just for all of us on the homepage of WalterReeves.com so that you'll be able to see a little bit more about caring for your irrigation system, kind of winterizing it and doing things in the cold weather. Number two, just dream of garden gardening and plan ahead. It's less work. It's more fun. Plan out next season's bulb garden, maybe. Uh, read an inspiring garden book or just learn about some new-to-you plants. Um, Alan Armitage has a great book on perennials, and I'm actually kind of reading it page by page, even though each page is a different perennial, um, just to learn a little more about plants that are you know, native to this area. Perennials are great. Um, and also you can start looking through seed catalogs for those of you that are old school and you love this time of year and you love looking through the seed catalogs. That way you can really get ahead of your plans for the spring. And number three, uh, maintain and clean your garden tools. And I am the first to admit, I am not great at this. Not great. We're, we're those people that put the mower away dirty. Uh, we don't hose it off. I don't think we've ever changed the oil in our push mower, and it's been, oh, I don't know, 10 years. So don't do as I do, do as I say. (laughs) Maintain and clean the garden tools. Take an inventory of what you've got, Uh, maybe what broke over the season, what you'll need to replace to get ready for spring. Um, You know, if you're like me and you have hand pruners and you're going around in the yard and, and you go from one project to the next and you set the hand pruners down or you set the rake down or the trowel and then uh, you start cleaning up, you get distracted, and then, you know, days later you're like, oh, where did I leave those hand pruners? And by then they're buried in leaves. You're not going to find them. Maybe you'll find them the next season. I don't know. But stuff like that. So I'm short a set of hand pruners right now. I'm sure I'll find them or shadow. God bless her. She'll step on them when she's tromping through the leaves. But um, just take an inventory of what you've got and maybe what you need that's new. And when you go to Pike Nurseries, they've got a great display of DRAM tools. And those are in such bright colors. The DRAM tools are like every color of the rainbow, the hand pruners, the hose heads, Uh, or the nozzles. I mean, everything. So you will never miss another tool when you actually shop for something that's brightly colored like that. All right. 404-872-0750. When we come back, we'll take calls from Paul and Decatur wanting to grow peanuts. Is now a good time? And if not, when? So we are the peanut state. So we'll have some advice for Paul and Decatur. And Rick and Roswell has three maples he wants taken off of his hands And I do have a really good solution for Rick. I love when we may donate plants to other people. Um, You know, don't kill it. Dig it up and kill it just because it doesn't suit you anymore. There's always uh, a way to rehome unwanted plants. And so I've definitely got some suggestions. And and, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be something as big as a tree. You know, if you need to dig up a rose bush or any kind of perennial that just doesn't suit you anymore, I promise there's somebody that's going to be willing to take it. So, Rick, I've got some ideas for you. 404-872-1. 0750. And when we come back, tune in for my visit with Josh Fooder, the county extension agent in Cherokee County, where I live. Find your happy place at a local garden, and he'll share tips for success with home orchards. I'm Ashley Frasca. It's Green and Growing on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 
636 on your home of the dogs. Welcome to Green and Growing. We have another two and a half hours to go, so you have time to call 404-872-0750. You know, I woke up with a headache. I I woke up startled by the coffee pot going off, and I thought, man, uh, I don't want to get up. But I feel much better. I have some coffee in my system. I'm hanging out with DeMarco and Anne, and I love doing this show with you every Saturday. So thank you so much for listening and for following the Facebook page, and just participating in the show. So before I get to my special field trip, my first one of 2022, I do want to jump out and take a call. So North Fulton County, we say good morning to Rick in Roswell. Hey, Rick. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. And I think you have a great question for me. Well, I'm glad to hear that um, that you like the question. I have three... <laughs> um, I think they're maple trees. They The leaves look like the maple leaf to me, like the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team. Okay, yeah. Uh, but my neighbor thinks that they're sweet birch. But anyway, they're are in three pots. One's about seven feet tall. The other's five. About The other about three feet tall. They are really uh, root-bound at this point. I mean, they need to be uh, uh, transplanted into the ground. And um, so I'm talking to my neighbors. They said, well, why don't you talk to the landscaper? Maybe he'll you know, want it. Uh, I know Clark Howard has talked about uh, the website freecycle.com where you can uh, uh, sell things for free. Uh, The thought occurred to me that maybe a nursery like Pike Nursery might be willing to take it, but um, I'm wondering what you think about that. You know, I've got a couple of thoughts, and I I understand your thought process with Pike Nursery. I don't think they would just because they know the growers, you know, and the origins of the trees that they sell, and then they guarantee them for life. So Mm -hmm. not knowing the history of the trees that you've got, they wouldn't be able to necessarily offer that guarantee to whoever buys them. But it's funny you mentioned Clark Howard, because when you were talking to Ann off the air, that made me think... Clark Howard is getting ready to do his Habitat for Humanity builds here in the metro Atlanta area that he does every year. I think he's on houses 79 and 80 that he has built here in Atlanta. And I'm almost wondering, I'm going to check with his staff, but if I don't know how they get the landscaping for the house and that build is going to begin here in a week or so. Um, But that might be kind of cool if you could donate them to his build. And my original thought too, Rick, was um, like reaching out to your local garden clubs because they uh, may have a use for them, whether it's in a local park or something like that. So with you being in Roswell, um, if you're on Facebook, you can find North Fulton Master Gardeners. They've got a great Facebook page. You spell out North Fulton Master Gardeners and you can follow the Facebook page and get in touch with them there. Or for folks who, you know, aren't familiar with their county extension office through the University of Georgia, you call 1-800-ASK-UGA-1. 1-800-ASK-UGA in the number one. And that puts you in touch with the uh, North Fulton you know, County Extension Office. And again, they may have a project where they want to beautify something or they accept donations. So there's a couple of thoughts for you. But what I might do, Rick, um, put you on hold again and let you talk to Anne. If you'll give her your email address, I'm going to follow up with you um, and find out about this Habitat build that Clark Howard's doing. That may be kind of a cool thing. How cool would that be? That would be. It's so funny you brought up Clark Howard because I thought, well, not in the capacity that you suggested maybe, but I had never heard of a free cycle, so I'll definitely check that out too. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And once someone takes them off your hands, maybe that'll save you the trouble of having to transplant them you know, into a larger pot or something, because that is quite the task. And generally, folks, when you have a house plant or maybe a Meyer lemon tree or something that you keep or a ficus in the home, 
Uh, and you know it's become root-bound. I know this seems like not enough, but when you transplant it to a new pot, you only do a pot that's one inch larger than what it's in. I know that doesn't sound like it's a lot more room, but you don't want to give it too much space um, and fill it with too much dirt. So there's some advice for you if you have something that's root-bound. Thanks for the call, Rick. Paul, we'll take your uh, call calling from Decatur about peanuts here in just a moment. But yeah, I'm ready to share with you my first field trip of 2022, and I didn't have to go far. I just went up to Canton, Georgia. Up in Canton on a blustery January day, but bright and sunny at Cherokee Veterans Park and a new area for Cherokee County Master Gardeners and the community with County Extension Agent Josh Fooder. Josh, what's this space? Just a little less than a quarter of an acre. Nice, flat, full sun with water access, so the perfect place that, you know, you could develop an orchard and a, and a garden. Uh, and that's what we have right now. We have 10 raised beds, nice kind of firm area around them. So we hope to you know, be accessible to individuals with any mobility. And we have a, a sort of mini orchard right now of 14 semi-dwarf fruit trees. Hopefully we'll be expanding that. They're underplanted with some bulbs to give the place some color in the spring. And on our south edge, we have what used to be just sort of an erosion control embankment. That is all planted in native prairie plants, wildflowers, and so on. Next steps are uh, a utility shed coming hopefully any day now for our tools and eventual, you know, maybe outdoor classroom. Then hopefully sooner rather than later, a nice sort of teaching and growing greenhouse. Now that's probably on your dream list is this greenhouse. What is it going to be for? What's the use? Uh, for growing our own seedlings for this project, obviously, and then uh, for also supporting our other community projects like school gardens and things like that. And then maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, sort of enterprise to sustain this project, maybe having some tomato and pepper plant fundraiser type sales. The goal with the food production here is just to use relationships in the community. So those in need, um, you know, we can provide some uh, nutritional support through, you know, Must Ministries or Papa's Pantry and, and our partnerships with those organizations. So for now, you're calling this, let me see if I get it right, the Backyard Agricultural Education Station? Yeah, we wanted a, a fun, catchy acronym. I mean, <laughs> you usually start with that and then you develop a project. And we tossed around so many different things, you know, UGA related, like dog this. But, you know, we didn't want to be confused with the dog park. It's just going to be a place right here on the trail um, throughout, you know, Veterans Park that people can come and learn how to grow their own fruits, how to grow their own vegetables on a scale that um, is relatable. Now, this has been over two years in the making for you, and talk to me about the inspiration other parks provided you, and you kind of got the best of all worlds. I've toured around to a bunch of different, both extension and non-extension type of projects, and they all have great things. Um, we didn't want to do a community garden here, but that's not to say that, you know, Green Meadows down in Cobb doesn't have a great community garden and some ideas that we kind of picked from. Rucker Park, I think it's called, in the uh, city of Alpharetta. Again, great um, inspiration. Some of that is community garden. That's that's not what we're, at least right now, trying to, trying to do. This is just going to be a place where workshops and classes can happen. Um, one of the best in terms of infrastructure and how it all worked, I loved the Chattanooga Area Food Bank has an amazing garden right next to the food bank. Master gardeners grow food. It goes right into the back door. Really, really nice. Their greenhouse is probably one of the coolest things I ever saw. One we want thing, that here in Cherokee County. Exactly. We want a cool greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing that I wanted to do here, I didn't get the opportunity to, 
but I really wanted every part of this to be demonstration or education. So really my thought on these raised beds was I wanted each one of these 10 to be made from a different material with, you know, maybe some signage or examples of this is how much this eight by four would have cost you. But, you know, again, we're in a park, we have to kind of meet our partner needs, which is aesthetics. So I didn't get to build one out of say cinder blocks and one out of deck boards and one out of trek boards. But if I was somewhere else, that probably would have been a part of it too. And Josh, with some inspiration for those considering a home orchard. So I grew these trees um, at my house, so grafted 2019. Uh, so they started as two unconnected pieces, a rootstock and a scion. Um, I grew them out at my house, and then last year, so April of 2021, we planted them here in the ground. So they're all heirloom, all different, and eventually I may do these like what I've done with my collection at home, is I'll cut out the leader because I already have some scaffolds and I'll regraft a different variety in the top. So we'll have sort of a, not a fruit cocktail, but two different varieties on the same rootstock because we probably don't need any more apples at this point. We, we still need room for a peach tree and a couple fig bushes and the berries and things like that. So the apple planting is probably not gonna get any bigger, but obviously through grafting, we can have more varieties. And hopefully, you know, we're gonna do a fruit tree pruning class here in February. We're gonna talk about pruning trees that you just put in, how to train these, how to do the heading cuts and the thinning cuts. So hopefully you have a tree that is gonna look the way you want it to look in 15 years. That's so important because when people plant new fruit trees, it's not just plant it and forget it because you really determine that tree's future in the first, what, one to three years that you can train it, shape it. Yeah, right. After the first three years, it's done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those first, those decisions you make or don't make those first two years, three years, are gonna mean success or failure uh, at year 10. I've been telling people for months, in the in the cold months, the winter months, great time still to plant trees and shrubs, you know, let them get established. So let's talk to somebody who may go to Pike Nursery or something and pick out an apple tree or a pear tree. Give me maybe two or three things at most, I know there's a lot more, mm-hmm. that they need to succeed when planting it now. What do they need to do? I know this is <laughs> cliche, <laughs> please do a soil test. Um, because we do want a sweet soil, you know, somewhere in that 6.5 pH range. Most North Georgia soils are not going to be in that range. And that takes time to build up that, um, you know, lime adjustment, that pH adjustment. And then, you know, starting with good plant material, this is the perfect time of year to do bare roots. I've, I've had great success with bare root material. And then, you know, like with most things, full sun, hopefully you're getting at least 10 hours of sunlight. Hopefully it's starting in the morning sunlight versus latest in the day sunlight. Good airflow. Um, You can see we we are fully exposed. We have good wind movement through here. Spacing between the trees is pretty important too if you're going to do more than one. Yep, and that's all related to your rootstock. So there's so many different things to know on different layers with fruit trees. So if you cannot definitively say this was this rootstock and you're buying it from the nursery, you have to sort of assume it's more or less a standard or a very large rootstock, if we're talking apples. Those are trees that are gonna need probably 20 feet of spacing, if we're talking an M111 or a standard size tree. They are vigorous growers. By year 10, you're looking at a tree you're climbing. 
So all of that information is critically important, even more so probably than the variety that you're buying on the tag. And no question is a dumb question in gardening, but for folks that aren't familiar with planting, you know, fruits and vegetables and things, cross-pollination, do we need more than one? Yep, so apples and pears both require that cross-pollination. Peaches are largely self-fertile. So yeah, that's why we have as many as we do. Now there, of course, are exceptions, like everything in uh, horticulture and science. But yeah, usually you need to have at least two. But I, I love fruit gardening because you don't get lucky at fruit gardening. It takes a deep working level of knowledge you are forming a relationship with this plant. This tree, if you've done everything right, is going to outlive you. It's a relationship. It's a stewardship level of care. You know, and, and there's super high highs and super low lows. So this area is going to be pretty hopping come spring. Um, and for anybody that wants to come up to our neck of the woods, any, any of my listeners that are in Cherokee County, you're going to have a dedication for this space soon. Yeah, ribbon cutting, uh, March 22nd. And I told our master gardeners we planted uh, bulbs underneath right along the trail. And I told them that they better be in bloom on March 22nd uh, because that's hopefully when we have a, a decent crowd here to uh, officially open this place after nearly, yeah, two, pl two plus years now of groundwork and agreements and fundraising and things like that. So we'll be thrilled when March 22nd gets here. And then we can just get to the fun part of just having classes and, and inspiring people uh, and educating people to take this stuff home with them. And folks, a lot of this stuff is as close as your backyard or your nearest park in your community. So you really need to check this out for sure. Josh, thank you so much for your time and congratulations. This is a cool space and I know it's just going to get better. Oh, thank you, Ashley. It was a pleasure. And when I said that it was a blustery January day, you could hear the wind there. It was really cold. But my visit with Josh Fooder, so grateful for that. When we come back, Paul indicator with a question about growing peanuts here in Metro Atlanta. It's green and growing on WSB. Hunker down, hairy dogs. That's basically what Christina, the Georgia Tech grad, is telling us to do. Stay tuned for the very latest on the winter weather right here on 95.5 WSB. And that weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So we had a call from Paul indicator. Paul, I know you're still out there, but you had to go. You couldn't hang on. So wanting to grow peanuts is now a good time. And if not, when? And what about the soil? What, what does it need to be? Okay, so full disclosure, I myself have not grown peanuts, nor do I ever find, uh, you know, that I'm going to, I don't believe. But we're in the Piedmont region of the state, right? It's kind of broken up into the Piedmont region, the central part of the state, and the coastal region. So uh, the timeline varies based on what part of the state we're in. So with you being in Decatur, metro Atlanta area, we're in the Piedmont part of Georgia. So that can go a little later, but ideally you want to shoot for late April, early May uh, to plant peanuts. And they grow best in hot, sunny gardens. I mean, anything you plant, guys, you've got to have full sun. If you don't, you're wasting your time. Uh, but as far as the soil goes, coarse, textured, sandy, loam soils. Uh, if you have like fine textured soil, that's a little bit difficult to harvest and a lot of pods are left in the ground. So you do want that coarse textured uh, kind of loamy soil for peanuts. And it's going to take a while for them to mature for sure. Um, maybe you're looking at, I don't know, 70 to 90 days with, with which a lot of crops, that's probably, um, you know, the time that they need to germinate. So you're looking at late April early May to do peanuts. And if you do, Paul, let us know how it turns out. Um, a really good resource. Now, granted, the uh, extension agency through the University of Georgia, they've always got great information and publications 
um, for you to look at when you go to uh, CAES, the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences, caes.uga.edu. But a particularly good article about growing peanuts, I actually have found it um, on Clemson's Cooperative Extension page, our neighbors just to the northeast. So um, to get to Clemson's Home and Garden Information Center, where you're going to find some really good information about growing peanuts, HGIC, that's Home and Garden Information Center, hgic.clemson.edu, and search peanuts, and you will find a very good resource there. 404-872-0750. When we come back, some uh, community service projects that are up for grabs this weekend with it being the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. And I'm excited to bring Jim Bearden back to the show, Trail Keeper and Cobb County 2020 Volunteer of the Year. We're going to be talking about bluebirds next on 95.5 WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.